Hi everyone and welcome to the Allie on the Run show. I'm your host Allie Feller and today we have made it to episode 26. Now if you are a runner, particularly a runner who has ever trained for or completed a marathon, you probably hear the number 26 and the first thing you think of is marathons. That's because a marathon is a 26.2 mile race. So on today's 26th episode, I wanted to talk about my running story. Every week I love talking to guests on this show about how they found running and I'm so fascinated by all the different ways people found and got into and eventually fell in love with this sport. For some people, they started running track at a young age. For others, they ran throughout college. Or if you're like me, you are someone who hid under the bleachers in fifth grade to avoid running the mile and now willingly and lovingly train for two, three, four hour races and pay money to do so. Who would have ever thought? Certainly not me. So we're gonna talk about that, but first, go ahead and head over to iTunes and make sure you are subscribed to the Alley on the Run show. And then while you're there, go ahead and leave a rating and review for the show. I know you're like, Alley, please, you ask for this every week. The quickest way to shut me up is to go ahead and leave that rating and that review and subscribe to the show. It's very important to make sure you're subscribed because then you will never miss an episode of the Alley on the Run show. I have some super exciting guests coming up, some fun surprises, some ways we're gonna mix things up around here. So when you are subscribed, you will get notifications, they'll pop up in your feed, you'll never miss a thing. And trust me, you do not wanna miss out on the stuff that's coming up. That's enough of a tease. Now let's take a run back in time. Yes, I know that was totally cheesy, but that's what you get here at the Alley on the Run show. Taking a run back in time to share my running story. So my running story starts like any fairy tale future running success story starts with a fifth grade girl wearing her umbros and sambas hiding underneath the bleachers avoiding running the mile in gym class. It was fifth grade so the year was 1995 or 1996 math is hard and Mr. Martin the gym teacher of course it was the unit where we had to run a mile. And this is my first running memory. I'm sure as like a tiny kid, I loved running around the neighborhood. But fast forward to fifth grade, and I was super not interested in that. I was dancing at the time. I had actually, fifth grade was the first year I started competing. So I was dancing competitively. I was starting to realize not only was it something really liked, but of all the various sports and activities I had tried, dance was the thing that was really sticking for me. I was also playing basketball at the time, and that didn't go so well. My dad was the coach, and I think I've mentioned this on the show, that my friend Katrin and I were on the same team and used to make each other bleed. So needless to say, contact sports, sports involving balls, throwing, catching, shooting, none of that was a fit for me. I was afraid of the ball. I took tennis lessons, that went terribly. I dabbled in gymnastics, but I used to fall off the beam and I was terrified of it. And they called me Butterfingers because I always used to fall off the parallel bars. So needless to say, I didn't have much of a future in sports and I was all about my tap shoes, jazz shoes, lyrical shoes, which meant that when it was time for gym class every day, I was not interested. 
And usually it was okay. You know, it was what, like 45 minutes. So fine. I kind of liked kickball because I liked that it was a little harder to mess up kickball. You just had to kick that bouncy ball and see where it went. I was terrible when I was in the field, though. I would run away. I was always like outfield all the way in right field or left field or wherever I didn't think the ball would go. And then I would hide from it or I would duck or I would pretend I was busy. I just wanted nothing to do with sports. So when it came time to do the whole presidential physical fitness test in that unit and we had to run the mile, we didn't train for it or anything to my knowledge. There was no like today we'll run one lap of the field and then two. It was just go out and run the mile as fast as you can. And I was like, oh, I know how fast I can do it. I can do it in zero minutes. Not because I'm sprinting it, because I'm avoiding it. And so we went out to the field behind our school, Maple Street School, and Mr. Martin was like, okay, go. And I think it was something like six loops of the field or probably more because that field was tiny. We didn't have a track at my school in good old Kentucky, New Hampshire. And it was just out in the field by where I used to go and catch tadpoles. And there were these bleachers, which weren't actually bleachers. I think it was like a giant old Mack truck that they put a bench on. And we called those bleachers. And I think I did one lap and then I was like, this is impossible. And I did the whole thing. I had a water bottle with me, I remember. And we left our water bottles on the, quote, bleachers so you could get water on each lap. And each lap was like maybe 80 meters. It was so small. And I came around the first lap and I was like, nope, I am done. And I was like, I'm just going to tuck under these bleachers real quick. Me and I roped my friend Katie Siff into it. I don't think I had to rope her. I think she was like not into it either. So we tried to hide under the bleachers and we were like, we'll just pop out during the last lap. No one will notice. But keep in mind that when you go to school in Kentucky, New Hampshire, there are all of like 12 kids in your class. So I think it was pretty obvious we were hiding. I think Mr. Martin called us out. I think we had to finish. And I know I did it in like... I feel like it was like 10 minutes or something, which is not bad, especially for a fifth grader. That's a, that's a respectable mile time, especially when it includes a quick game of hide and seek. So, I mean, I, I, I'm proud of the time. I'm not super proud of the effort, but that's okay. So that's my first memory of running. I hated it. I never wanted to do it again, and I think fifth grade was the only year we had to run the mile. Fifth grade was also the year we had to try and climb the rope in gym class. I don't know if anyone else out there had to do it, but I couldn't even get to the first notch. I had no upper body strength, and I just kind of sat there, and gym class was the worst. So after that, I was like, I'm never running again, and I didn't think I would have to because I I was just going to be a dancer all throughout high school and eventually college, and why would running be involved? Running was a punishment in my mind. If you misbehaved, if you got yelled at in gym class, oh, go run a lap of the field and get some tadpoles on the way. Running wasn't something you did for fun. It wasn't until I went to high school that I even noticed we had a track team, but I couldn't name a single person on it, and I didn't know what they did, and I didn't know what cross country was or or any of that. We also didn't even have a track in high school. There was a little dirt circle out in the outfield of the softball field, which fast forward, I would eventually run on for fun in my adulthood. But in high school, running never crossed my mind. I remember coming home summer of the summer after my freshman year in college. And I was dancing in college. I was on the kick line team. And so that meant I was dancing a decent amount when I wasn't gorging on pizza and boxed wine. Franzia Sunset Blush, what up? 
And I was working at Abercrombie that summer. Very cool. I used to wear my belt on the side. We called it side belt. So that was like an Abercrombie thing. Um, shout out to all the former Abercrombie employees. Oh, this is taking a turn. So I remember being like, I should go for a run. And I never said that before. And I don't remember what I wore. But I was like, I'll run to the dam and back. There's a dam near my parents' house. So I ran to the dam and back. And I'm sure I took plenty of walk breaks. There's a huge hill. I know I didn't run up the hill. And I think that when you do that full loop, it's around three miles. I didn't keep track. I didn't have a watch that this was, what, 2004? So I didn't know anything about running. By the time I got back and took a shower, I was so sore that I had to call out of my shift that night and the following day. There was no way I was going to be able to flawlessly fold that denim wall that Abercrombie was so known for at the time because I was so sore from going out and just running three miles. So then I stopped running again for a couple more years. Senior year of college, my friend and roommate Dana, her parents, get this, Dana, I hope you are listening. Her parents told her that if she trained for and ran a 5K, they would buy her a car. And I don't know what it was that I was like, yeah, I'll do that with you. Because guess what my parents weren't going to do? Buy me a car. But I'm a really good friend. And so I was like, yeah, let's do it. So a couple days a week, we would go out. We would make mixes. We would make mix CDs like crazy. I used to make at least a mix CD every couple days. Like Party Mix, Volume 32, and it was the same mix with Sweet Caroline and Call On Me and Hollaback Girl. So we would make these mixes. We would put them in our Discman, put our headphones on, and then remember you had to carry your Discman and just it would skip the whole time. It was super annoying, but you just dealt with it. I swear I'm not old. I'm only 32, but I sound old right now. So we would go. We would run a lap of the campus, and we had no idea how far we were running. We would just kind of trot around. It was probably under a mile, to be honest, but... Dana had a sob convertible at her finish line. I had nothing. So Dana eventually stopped training for it. We also, we never had a 5K in mind. We didn't pick one out. We were just like, yeah, yeah, we'll do this because Dana's parents are going to buy her a car. And I think for me, I was like, well, if she has a car, she'll drive me around because that was the unspoken rule of friendships back then. So Dana did not stick with it. I did. I didn't ever run a 5K. But I was kind of like, ooh, this running thing is sort of cool. So, I mean, in total, I maybe ran 10 or 15 times. It's also worth noting that Dana got her Saab convertible. She didn't train. She didn't run the race. And her parents still bought her a Saab. Guess what I went on to drive after college? Nothing. I took the subway. Then I graduate college. And I'm like, okay, what's next for me? Well, I moved to New York City where I worked for Dance Spirit. It was my dream job. I've talked about that quite a bit here. And suddenly I'm living in Spanish Harlem, which I didn't know really anything about Manhattan before I moved there. I just knew I wanted to live in New York City. So I went on Craigslist to find an apartment. And I'm like fresh out of college. I don't know what I'm doing. And I'm like, oh, okay, this apartment is listed. It's Upper East Side. The rent was only $800 a month. I'd be living with three other girls, but it was a, it was a huge apartment. It had a big living room, a nice kitchen, two bathrooms. Like it, it was a pretty sweet situation. It wasn't the Upper East Side. It was, it was Spanish Harlem. It was right in the heart of it. I loved it. So I lived in that apartment and the first day I moved in, the girl who had the room right next to mine had all these things on her wall. They were shiny. And I went into her room, probably uninvited, but I was like, I will bully this girl into being my best friend. That worked. 
No, it actually did. That sounded sarcastic, but it actually worked. So I go into her room and I'm like, what are those? They are very shiny. And she was like, those are my half marathon medals. And I was like, what is half marathon? Explain this to me. I had never heard the term. I had heard the term marathon, but I had no idea it was 26.2 miles. I didn't know it was something people did for fun. I just, it wasn't anything I had ever thought about. So now she tells me she does these things and I'm like, you, this is your job? She's like, no. I'm like, you get paid to do this? No. I'm like, you got bullied into doing this. Are you being held hostage? Who is making you run these races? And she's like, I do this for fun. Running is something I enjoy. And I was like, you make no sense to me. Do you want some of my Franzia Sunset Blush? But of course, eventually, I was living there for a little while, and I was like, okay, she's like getting up every morning and going for these runs. She seems to feel pretty good about it. She obviously likes it because she won't shut up about it. And I had just joined a gym, and I loved it. I loved the group fitness classes, but I knew it would be kind of nice to just be able to go out my front door and go for a run because the gym was really far from my apartment. It was near my office, but like, you know, there's the convenience factor when it comes to running, and there's the, the ease factor. Not Running is not easy, but you are able to put on sneakers, a sports bra, and of course, body glide, and just go out your door and go for a run, and that was kind of appealing. So she was like, listen, let's just, let's just go together. I'll get you a pair of shoes. Let's do this. So she brought me to Jackrabbit Sports, the local running store at the time. She did the whole thing where I got on the treadmill and I was terrified. I was nervous. I was, you know, I was so insistent on, I'm not a runner. I'm not a runner. I'm not a runner. And they, they didn't care. They were like, we're going to get you some shoes. Great. So they did. I got my very first pair of Brooks Adrenalines and the next morning I went out for my first real run and I call that my first real run because it's the first time I remember like really willingly go for going for a run in hopes that it might stick. You hear Ellie chiming in there? So the next morning I got up and I was like okay let's go for a run and we went out together but then we didn't actually run together because she was gone in two seconds but I was like all right let's see what I can do and of course when you're brand new to running you have no idea how to pace yourself so I just like went for it and I made it 0.04 blocks and was gasping for air and I was done. I was like, okay, that's it. I'm exhausted. I'm, I'm, I'm done. That was fun-ish. I made it the distance of one lamppost, which is not even a city block. So I worked out for, I think, like six seconds that night. <laughs> not necessarily a workout. But I knew that there was something there because I couldn't stop thinking about it. I had a runner's high from all two seconds of activity and I couldn't wait to do it again the next day. So the next day, I think I paced myself a little bit better. I made it like six blocks and I wasn't fit. Like I'm not, I wasn't this like super fit dancer because even in college when I was dancing a couple days a week, I was, I wasn't doing any cross training. I wasn't working out beyond that, though there were occasion, a couple nights that my roommates and I would go and go on the elliptical, but that was really just an excuse to people watch before we went out drinking and eating quesadillas. So I wasn't super fit and running did not come naturally to me and it wasn't easy and I was gasping for air and I didn't know how to pace myself and I was totally clueless about all of it. But I knew that I liked it and I think that if you're just starting out, that's the key. Because a lot of times you hear people say either I can't run or running's too hard or I'm not a runner. And A, I think if you don't like running, you don't have to be a runner and you don't have to do it. I think if you're looking for a long time activity in terms of being healthy and wanting to be fit, then you do what you like. And if you love 
Zumba, then you do Zumba and you do the heck out of Zumba. If you like running, then run. But I, so often I hear from people who are like, oh, I don't running, I don't like running, but I should really run. Well, well no, you definitely don't have to, but I, I knew I liked it early on. It was not easy for me. So in no way is this like, I started running and it was easy and great and I loved it. I did love it. And I still love it. And that's why I've stuck with it. Not because it's ever easy, but because I do genuinely enjoy this very strange and repetitive act of putting one foot in front of the other. So I went for those first few runs and all the while my motivation was to make it to the dog park. So really very little has changed. This was back in 2008 and I knew that there was this dog park a mile away. So I was like, my goal is going to be to run to the dog park. I didn't think it all the way through because, of course, once you get to the dog park, you're a mile from home. So I eventually ran my first full mile. I made it to the dog park. I was thrilled. I sat and looked at those puppies forever. I remember having such a runner's high and the dog park was right. It's in Carl Schurz Park. So it's right on the East River, which coincidentally is now where November Project works out, which is, of course, the running group that I love to work out with. And I just remember being on the water and it was, it was at night. I used to run at night a lot and the sun was setting and I was just on top of the world and I was really proud of myself. And again, that's part of the beauty of running is there are so many things to celebrate, whether it's your first lamppost and then your second, third, fifth, tenth lamppost, your first full mile, the first time you run to a dog park. Or then I remember the first time I ran to the dog park and then back home. And then I would add a little bit on like, oh, I don't have to stop at the dog park. I can keep going. I can run just past the dog park. And there was so much excitement and so much new territory to explore. I remember one night that roommate, we never really used to run together. We were just kind of weird about it. We would put our headphones in and just ignore each other and be a couple like blocks apart from each other. And that is still true to this day. So one night she was like, why don't I take you to Central Park? And I've never gone running in Central Park. I think I had like kind of wandered around Central Park because I'd been living in the city for about a year, but I'd never gone for a run in Central Park. And that was the best night ever. And we finished the run at the Met Museum, which is where Gossip Girl was very big at the time. So we finished our run. It was like 8.30 at night. We laid on the steps at the Met and we were like, we're sweating on the Met. And we were so excited and it was just the funnest night. And That was also when I realized that running could be good for me and it could be fun and it could be a way to spend time with people. And as much as it's a solo activity, it can very much be a team sport and a group activity. So those first few runs were really important to me because I was finding my way in New York City. I had started this new job. I had just broken up with a boyfriend I had been with for a long time. He sucked. And... So I was on my own, fresh out of college, and I was loving life, and running felt like doing something really good and positive for myself, and that was very empowering. So I I always, once I became an adult, I very quickly saw the value and the power that running had in a way that I definitely did not see when I was on lap one of the mile in fifth grade. So then my roommate, of course, it all stems from her, Miss Megan Conroy, she told me about races and she, you know, we, we didn't go right for the half marathon. I was like, I don't need a medal just yet. I, I was okay with that, but she encouraged me to sign up for a four mile race in Central Park, which I did. It was the fitness mind, body, and spirit games four mile that race very sadly no longer exists, but it was a really great race in September. And 
I loved it. We didn't run it together because of course I'm sure, I didn't have a watch, but I'm sure I sprinted out of the gate and then I faded as I still tend to do. I didn't wear a watch, I wasn't into that. I didn't even know that they existed. I was just so happy to be out there. I ran the whole thing, I ran all four miles. I crossed the finish line feeling on top of the world, so excited. I cried at the start, I remember. I didn't cry at the finish. I have actually only cried at one finish line in my life and it was last year's New York City Marathon. But other than that, I pretty much always cry at the start of big races and that that was the first time I cried at the start of a race because I was just so happy and excited. And I spent the entire rest of that day celebrating. I went out for my friend's birthday that night and I remember just like drinking my face off, such a healthy runner, and celebrating and eating about a hundred chicken fingers because I was like, I ran a race today and it was this totally new alley that I had never tapped into before. So from there it spiraled. I totally got the bug after that first race and I was like, okay, I want to do a half marathon. I ran four miles and why go for a 10K or 10 miles? Just I want I was ready to do a half marathon and that's when I learned about Team Challenge. So Team Challenge is the group that trains for half marathons and endurance events with supporting the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation. The Crohn's and Colitis Foundation is, of course, very near and dear to my heart since I have had Crohn's disease since I was seven years old. And my roommate, the Conroy again, she's behind so much of this, she agreed to run that half with me. So she not only agreed to travel to the Napa and Sonoma, the what is it called? The Napa to Sonoma half marathon. Not only was she going to travel there, she was going to raise money for the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation with me. So that was really cool. We had the best time training. Again, we never ran actually together. We would start together. And the first long run we did was in Central Park on a Saturday morning with the whole Team Challenge crew. And I was super excited. I was a little nervous, but I was mostly just excited to meet the people and see what it was all about. And I did the lower loop of the park. That was our first long run. And the lower loop of the park is 1.79 miles, which I had run longer than that because I had done that four mile race. But I celebrated that long run with about a million chocolate chip pancakes. And I remember emailing everyone on my email list to tell them about how I was training for this half and I had just done my first long run and I was going to raise money. And I hit my fundraising minimum. It was a $4,400 minimum. And I hit it like within a couple weeks and I was just blown away by how supportive people were. I think a big reason that people were so supportive is because they had never seen me do something like this. They had never seen Allie the runner. It was totally new and and the support was amazing. They knew that the charity was so important to me and I was pretty blown away. I ended up raising $4,600 and then I was also hooked on Team Challenge. It was a really supportive community. They basically taught me how to run. I had never worked with a coach before and Team Challenge sets you up with a, a group coach that gives everyone a training plan and leads the group runs. And and again, I just loved it. And and that's the one thing that has stayed consistent. I've had, of course, I've had downtimes, don't get me wrong, but I, I've always been someone who feels really grateful to be able to run. And that really stuck a couple years into my running. So I did that first half with Team Challenge and immediately signed up for my second. I loved it so much. I signed up to run the Las Vegas half as my second one. And that time I was a mentor for Team and Challenge. So it was really rewarding to be on the other side of things and to get to help people through their first. I, I didn't advise them on running because I was certainly no expert there, but we, I helped them with fundraising and was just there to be a general support system. And I loved that. And I was so proud of my team when they, when they all showed up and ran and when they hit their fundraising goals. And 
that I would love to do that again. I should do that again. I gotta, I gotta put that on my to-do list and, and commit because team challenge was such a, a valuable resource for me. And after that, I, I was getting faster, but I was never timing my runs. I was never running with a watch. I, my first half I ran in two hours and 14 minutes. And my second one was in two hours and seven minutes. Then I ran the New York City half the following year before it was huge. You could just run it. You didn't, there was no lottery. There was nothing like that. I ran that one in two hours, zero minutes, and three seconds. Again, I was so not concerned with time. I just went out and ran it. And then everyone was like, oh, you missed going under two by three seconds. And I was like, is that a big deal? I had no idea. I didn't care. And it was really nice to just be so blissfully unaware of all the things that we bring into running that can complicate it. So after that, I was like, okay, I can do more. And so I started running longer runs on the weekends. I ran three to five miles a couple mornings a week, just up and down the West Side Highway because I had moved over to the West Side. And then I was in a bad relationship. Oh, that. And... I decided that running was was going to be my thing because I was really unfulfilled at home and I was happy at my job. I was still a dance spirit at the time, but I needed something for myself to make me feel strong and powerful because I did not feel that way in the relationship that I was in. So running very much became my thing. I started to take it seriously. I got a GPS watch so I could keep track of my mileage and my time and and I started to get faster and People in the past have asked me how I got faster, how I went from a 214 marathon to shaving like half an hour off that. It's because I ran more. It's because I went from being a new runner to, to just running more and trying to run faster. And so I was signed up to run the, the national half in Washington, D.C. It's now a rock and roll race. But that was the last year. It was just called the National Half. It was in March of 2011. And I wanted to break two hours because I had run two hours and three seconds. And I was like, I can go under two. And I didn't even know what that broke down to in terms of pace. But I know that I showed up at that half fresh off a breakup, fueled by, fueled by vodka, if I'm being honest. I was probably not at my most healthy. But I went out of that gate and I just ran for myself. That is the biggest thing I remember about that day. I ran happy, I ran strong, and I crossed that finish line in one hour and 44 minutes and 48 seconds. That is still my half marathon PR. I need to break it at some point. But that, I felt so strong and powerful that day. I loved that race so much and and I was hooked. I, I mean, clearly, after that, I committed to running my first marathon, which was the Hamptons Marathon in 2011. And I did that with Jackrabbit Sports, the same place I bought my first pair of running shoes. You've already heard this story. That's when Brian's agency was doing a casting call for real runners to raise money for a charity. I, of course, chose the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation yet again and trained for their first marathon. And that was the best. Coach Kane was the New York City based coach that Jack Rabbit hooked us up with and he created a training plan that was completely custom to me. He gave me a plan for every single day and it was so tailored that he would say start at this corner at this pace and then run to this corner like he knew where I lived and, and he planned it so perfectly and I loved that and it worked really well for me and I had an amazing time training for my first marathon. I loved my first marathon, my time, what did I run? A 4.13, I believe. It was super hard. I got a really bad cramp at mile 13. I had to do a lot of walking, but I still loved the experience so much. 
And of course wanted to then, I, I was like, oh, marathons are it. I'm hooked. So then I committed to running my second marathon and then my third and then my fourth. And I was totally hooked. I went through phases of burnout. I ended up not running a spring marathon because it was just too much. And then I got sick. I got really, really sick in 2013. It was, well, it was the end of 2012 and that Crohn's disease flare lasted for almost two years. So I spent months not running and that was hard. And the biggest lesson I learned during that time is that you cannot put your entire identity into one thing. Because I had become Allie on the run. I had started a running blog and I was obsessed with running and I couldn't stop talking about it. And then I got sick and then I couldn't do it. And all of a sudden I wasn't Allie on the run and I didn't know who I was and that was scary for me. That's just a tip, I guess, to not to, to love running and to embrace it and to let yourself fully identify as a runner, but to know that running isn't all there is, unless you're a professional runner. Kara Goucher, if you are listening, you can totally be obsessed with running. I'm all for that. But for most of us, running is something that we do for fun and because we can and because we love it. So when that gets taken away, it's really important to have other things to fall back on, whether that's reading a book, whether that's spinning, whether that's getting, getting all that sleep back that we lost when we were waking up early to run. Being sick was really hard. I really missed running. I became very depressed during that time and, and it was tough. But what they say is true, that absence makes the heart grow fonder, or is it distance? Either way, spending all that time away from running made the comeback so sweet. It made it hard. When I started running again, it felt impossible. It felt harder. Coming back after being sick felt a billion times harder than when I started for the very first time. Those first few runs and, and those first few months back just felt so challenging. Putting one foot in front of the other, I felt I was so weak. I had lost so much weight. It was so challenging and difficult. But I was so grateful to be out there. And that's another thing that I've learned is that gratitude is key when it comes to running. I think the minute that you take this sport, this activity, this hobby for granted, it's like game over at that point. You have to, you have to want to do it because it's not a punishment. It's an opportunity. And, and running, if you let it, can open so many amazing doors and lead to so many relationships and friendships and Those first few years of running, for me, that's really what they were about. I was meeting people through the internet because of running. I was meeting people at races and events. And it, I would say like 80% of the people that I'm friends with right now are because of running. And, and running, it didn't get me through the hard times, to be honest. I would love to say that it did that. Like I woke up in the morning and I said, one day I'll run again. Like, no, I, I resented it. I missed it. I was in a really rough place. But when I did get to come back, it felt so much sweeter and I've appreciated every single run I've gone for since then. A lot of times people ask me, oh, how do you stay motivated? Or what do you do when you don't want to run? And I know that this is an answer that makes people roll their eyes, but I am being honest here. I very rarely don't want to run because I, I didn't get to run for a really long time and now I am just so psyched about it every time I get to do it. I love it. 
It's my favorite way to explore. It's my favorite way to see the world. It's my favorite way to hang out with friends. This past weekend was my birthday, and in, normally I don't plan anything, but I think since moving to New Jersey, I like love finding any excuse to see my friends. So instead of planning a happy hour or a night out or a boozy brunch, I just emailed a bunch of friends, and I was like, I'm going for a run. I'm going to be at the boathouse in Central Park at 8 a.m. Would love for you to come. And not only did they come, they showed up with balloons. They showed up with a giant a balloon and made me run with it, which was very challenging. They showed up with party hats and beads. And it just goes to show you that running can bring people together in such a special way. And we had the best time on that run. Well, I had the best time. I hope everyone else did too. It was a really nice way to spend my birthday. And if you had told fifth grade Allie that she would celebrate her 32nd birthday by going for a run with her friends and not because she was being punished, she would not have believed you. She would have hid under those bleachers. So This is, of course, the more abbreviated version of my running story. There have been plenty more highs and lows along the way, which we can talk about another time. But I think the greatest lesson that I've learned is that running is so special. That's so cheesy and lame. That's like the least profound takeaway ever. But I think we it's easy to get to a point where we overcomplicate running, where we insist on running with watches and we're obsessed with our data and we focus on our gear and our shoes and the perfect socks and that stuff's all really nice but ultimately you don't need all that much to go for a run you don't need to run a race to be called a runner you don't need to run a marathon to be called a runner I don't know when I'm gonna run a marathon again I have no desire to run a marathon right now and I'm still I'm more of a runner than I've ever been right now. I'm I'm loving it. I enjoy 5Ks. I enjoy half marathons for the most part. But I really just enjoy getting to run with my friends. And I would say if you've never run with someone else, if you're a solo runner, consider running with friends. It's a really awesome and empowering thing. It can be very scary to run with friends. I actually have a separate episode on that coming up soon. But I would say running in its in its entirety tends to get us out of our comfort zones, whether that means trying to go faster or further or run with friends or try a race or run a new route. And I love that about running. I love that it pushes us and challenges us in so many ways, often very unexpected ways. And and I would say if you're listening to this and you're not a runner, well, first I would say thanks for listening to the Alley on the Run show, even if you're not a runner, that's pretty cool. But I would say try going for a run. You might love it. You might hate it. And then you don't have to do it again. But I would say go for five runs. Space them out. Pace yourself. See how you feel. And let it change your life. Because it has changed mine. And running has made me such a better person. So I encourage you to go out and try that for yourself. I will leave that here. There is always more to the running story. It's always changing. It's always evolving. But... Go for a run today. If you're running right now, enjoy what you've got left, whether it's a few miles, a few minutes, or you're already on the ground stretching, or if you're very good, you're phone rolling. Enjoy the rest of your day, enjoy the rest of your run, and as always, thank you for joining me on the run.